0: Chris Oldcorn show got another fun night tonight we're gonna be talking more about what happened in City Council on Monday night Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the regional reopening and a couple other things about what went on there and we will also have more information for you about the first case of uh, COVID-19 that we've had in a while that just tested positive I'll have some info on that as well we'll be right back after the break And welcome back. We have our first new case in a while here of COVID-19 here in the Algoma District. Uh, specifically, what we know about this person is basically nothing, which is you know par for the course for Algoma Public Health, uh, who for some reason doesn't think that they need to provide information like every other public health unit does. However, we do know that this case is in uh, Sault Ste. Marie and area. Uh, they were tested on June the 8th and tested positive. And yeah, so they're self-isolating. They don't know how they got it, it's still unknown. Uh, So yeah, so thanks, Elgama Public Health. Uh, We filled a total of 30 seconds of info there, uh, even when I had to like, you know, tell every single speck of information that you actually give us. Okay, now let's talk about regional reopening. Uh, They discussed this at City Council on Monday night. Uh, It's kind of weird. There was a resolution put forth, it was 8.3 called Regional Reopening COVID-19. Now this resolution, when you first look at it, it seems a little weird. Um, basically, the resolution is that the mayor can then write letters to, like, the chief medical officer, for example, and our local members of parliament, uh, Romano and Sheehan. And it, it seems kind of weird that the mayor actually needs permission to write a letter to the chief medical officer of, uh, for Algoma in Ontario, and to write a letter to Ross Romano, like. Like, is the mayor completely handcuffed and he's not allowed to write a letter unless it's a resolution at council? Like, why are you taking up time at council debating whether or not the mayor can write a letter? It seems so weird to me. Um, okay, so, Hillsinger, we're going to talk about a couple different things. This is, That was the basis of this resolution. That's not the interesting part of, of the discussion. Uh, it was the debate about the letter and a little bit of what? was talked about in terms of of regional reopening now for a little background i asked ross romano about regional reopening he said it was not being considered four days later they announced that they were going to start regional reopening so i don't know if writing a letter to romano will do anything anyways because i asked him straight to his face and said no there will be no regional reopenings at all we will be doing the entire province or nothing uh okay and then four days later "Ah, well we're going to do regional now Uh, and I even said, is it even being talked about? Romano said no. Okay, so there's some background for you on regional reopening and the openness of politicians in this town. I mean, it was a private conversation that Romano and I had with, that involved me and several other reporters. He didn't have to come out and say, go, oh, you can report it, but he could have said, yeah, well, you know, off the record, we're considering it. No, nope. he just said, no, we're not, we haven't even talked about it. So I'm not filled with confidence that if you didn't talk about it and then four days later you decide to regional reopen, I'm um, not sure that's been well thought through if you weren't talking about it four days before. you know, I don't know, maybe it's just me. okay, so let's get to uh, the actual counselors because uh, they actually had some interesting things that they said. Okay. Hillsinger was upset uh, that the province was being very firm on not regional reopening because we have so few cases versus uh, the rest of the entire province actually We're, uh, as far as the total number of cases, we're right at the bottom of the list on that one. Um, she said that you know we could, there's definitely gonna be a new normal, but the new normal could be sooner in Sault Ste. Marie and surrounding areas uh, than it would be in Toronto, for example. Uh, an example of this is if you look at Quebec, You know most of the cases in Quebec are Montreal. Montreal's basically stayed shut down where the rest of the province opened regionally, and it seems to have worked fairly successfully for Quebec. Now, Hollingsworth, um, another council I really like, um, she pointed out very clearly that we need to say that Northern Ontario is unique from Southern Ontario. It, I've seen this over and over again, uh, how politicians think that if something works in Southern Ontario, it's got to work in Northern Ontario as well, and it just doesn't a lot of the times. Um, however, she did say something that was kind of weird. She sounded actually like the Las Vegas mayor to me, because she, she kind of said that Northern Ontario people are different than Southern Ontario people. Well, the Las Vegas mayor said that Chinese people aren't like Vegas people. Well, no, we're all people. We're all capable of uh, getting COVID-19, regardless of our zip codes or postal codes. Um, Zip codes in the States, postal codes in Canada. So I'm not sure that that argument really stands up, um, that Southern Ontario people are somehow different than North. I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, The mayor, though, did say a couple things. One, he said that... um, one of the keys for a regional reopening for Sault Ste. Marie is following public health advice. Now, the good thing is is that uh, there's a poll that came out just recently and more people are using personal protective equipment when they go out in public now than even just uh, a couple weeks ago. So that's a positive thing that's also if we continue to wear personal protective equipment when we go out we'll also be able to stop the spread of COVID-19 here and actually as a side benefit we'll also stop other uh, colds and uh, viruses from spreading as well if you're wearing a mask because you're not spitting the germs out and other people aren't walking into the mist that comes out of your mouth or as Trudeau says moist um you know don't talk moistly um Robin said something very clearly to the public, and he was specifically at this point not addressing uh, his permission to write a letter, but he was addressing the public. Uh, and he said that specifically, I want to address the public on this. And he said, if you have any symptoms, stay home. Any symptoms at all of COVID-19, stay home. He also wanted to stress, and he this is And then this is why I'm going to end on this for the segment. He said, please continue to social distance. He doesn't want to see like what happened in that park in Toronto a few weeks ago where there was no social distancing at all. And we have been very successful with social distancing so far. I've been to the beach and there's been social distancing there. We need to keep up the social distancing. We also need to keep up the PPE uh, if we want to be able to stay open here regionally because we're one of the regions that gets to open first. I'll be right back after the break. And welcome back. Okay, now we're going to talk about two things. Uh, One we're going to talk about is outdoor patios, but also first uh, we're going to talk about left turn signals. Now in this town, there's a lot of left turn signals uh, and they help the traffic to keep moving during the day. However, um, later at night, the left turn signals are not necessary. Uh, We've done studies on this uh, that they're actually slowing traffic down. They're not actually speeding it up. Uh, So outside of sort of normal work hours and people traveling to and from work uh... the city has looked at getting rid of the left hand turn signals uh, because there isn't the same amount of traffic on the road as there is at those points in time so what they did was they went to an outside company uh, and that outside company studied twenty five intersections in the city now to give you an idea there's about i think they said there's around seventy five or so traffic lights in the city so we're talking about the ones on the major arteries not on the side Areas, So you're talking like Great Northern Road, for example, Second Line, uh, but the major arteries of people drive through the city on. So there's 25 intersections uh, and we pay a license per intersection for whatever the software is. They weren't too specific on how it works, it's just it's an outside company, they somehow control our traffic lights, they've been testing it, uh, and then figuring out exactly what point should we turn the left turn signal off and just have green lights and red lights um, for certain hours of the day. So. Um, Councillor Brunei, Brunei uh, was the one who uh, asked a question about the lights. Uh, because these lights are being controlled elsewhere through a piece of software, what happens if one of these lights goes out? Uh, can the uh, people who run the software, can they turn the light back on? Uh, that was a great question. Uh, actually, no, they can't. So if one of these lights goes out that's being managed by this, this software company, Uh, we still have to go and put our people there to turn it back on so if one of them malfunctions it still has to manually be put back on there's nothing the software will do to actually be able to fix it. Um, So that was a great question Uh, and then Scott wanted to know about if this works successfully with these lights and we find that there's other lights we want to change how does it work and basically that's when it came out that we uh, pay a fee per light for this service Uh, so we can purchase more licenses if we want to do it to more lights in the future if we find that it would speed up traffic as well but they're just focusing on the main arteries for now and so that was that so you should see less left turn signals uh, later at night and very early in the morning and overnight Uh, for the next little while they've tested it they're going to implement it Um, I'm not sure how successful it's going to be uh, because they didn't really give us any hard data on, on how fast it would speed up traffic or anything like that. They just kind of said in general that it would speed it up. Okay, so now, moving on from lights. Now we're gonna go to patios. Now, patios are very important, particularly in summertime and spring and fall for restaurants in Sault Ste. Marie and surrounding areas. Since you can't have um, indoor restaurants open right now, you can only have patios the provincial government has made some changes. One of the changes is is that you can now use 25% of the parking lot at your establishment and turn it into a patio. Now the purpose of this isn't just to put more uh, tables out, it's also to socially distance the tables you do have wider apart. Now I'm not sure how this is gonna work, like a lot of uh, restaurants that have outdoor patios, uh, they're tables are actually like into cement on metal poles like if you go to a Tim Hortons patio they're you know they're all stuck into the ground into cement you're not moving those tables so maybe they're going to use every other table to do the social distancing and then put more tables in the parking lot where they're allowed to Uh, but this is a temporary measure it's only for this summer it will not be in place next year unless they put it back in for next summer for patios that'll all depend on COVID-19 and what do we have a vaccine is it still rampant and so on like how how much do we have to continue to social distance at that time but for now anyways when you go to a patio you're going to see pad you're going to see tables in the parking lot uh no more than 25 percent of a parking lot can be taken up another thing uh the if you are going to ex- put tables into your parking lot it has to be uh in the parking lot as far away as possible from residential so for example let's say you have a restaurant and you have a parking lot that goes all the way around your building and you have housing on one side and on the other side it's let's say it's another building you have to put it on the side where the other building is not where it's residential and this is this is especially important for bars who will be allowed to open up and have outdoor patios but won't be able to use the inside because they can still be open until 2 a.m there's no restriction on when the patio has to close it has to close at the same time as the bar would normally close. So there could still be people outside drinking, a lot of noise, music and so on till 2 a.m. That's why they're insisting on the patio being away from residential. Now, the city uh, is going to be fairly flexible on this. Dufour was actually uh, asked, uh, asked how, how flexible will the city be on this? And they're gonna be very flexible with the patios as much as possible. Uh, There's still a process that you will have to go through um, to extend your patio into the parking lot. Uh, But you can contact the city now for that. Uh, And that's through the planning division. Uh, And then the planning division will tell you, okay, you can put your extra patio parts in this part of your parking lot. So if you are a local business and you do have patios or want to put a patio onto your restaurant, contact the planning division and they'll be able to help you out. And I hope to see you on a patio somewhere this summer. We'll be right back in a sec. Thank you very much for watching the Chris Oldcorn Show tonight. very much appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to join us. I'd like to thank City Council for providing me with plenty of material this week. Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you can at Chris Oldcorn. You can also listen to the audio version of this show as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcasting platforms. I'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for Special Report. Have a fantastic evening.